Alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Helen Keller The strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is a team. Phil Jackson Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Global. My name is Cesar. My name is Frida. My name is Eduardo. And today we have some special guests that are going to talk about global leadership and cultural, cultural synergy. Here we have Vianney Durazo, Jenny Tebbs, Ricardo Reyes, Emilio Boiso, and Jessica Garduño. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. I hope you're ready to listen to this incredible podcast that we prepare with a lot of enthusiasm for you. How are you guys? Good. Thank you. Happy to share this topic with you. We found it really entertaining. Today, we're going to talk about global leadership and cultural synergy. I think we should get things kicked off by explaining what synergy is, don't you think? Yes, it is extremely important to understand, first of all, the basic concepts. The specific definition of the word synergy is the interaction or cooperation of two or more organizations, substances, or agents to produce a combined effect greater than the sum of their separate effects. Okay, that's okay. But how does this ties up with global leadership? Well, if you set this definition into a cultural context, the definition changes to the attempt of bringing two or more, cu more cultures together to form an organization or environment that is based on combined strengths, concepts, and skills, basically joining our cultural differences to have a greater outcome by creating and combining the effect of cultures, tradition, points of views, and more. Researchers have acknowledged that companies that have cultural synergy in their workspaces reported having higher levels of productivity and financial profitability than their homogeneous counterparts. This cultural difference not only helps the financial aspect of the company, it also helps people understand and respect the different viewpoints. This creates a better work environment that generates better communications. Thank you, Jenny, very much for explaining what synergy is in order for us to achieve a higher level of success between companies. Yeah, totally. But what about the emerging global landscape? To understand better this, I would like to start saying that we live in an organized society and organizations are an accepted part of life. Today, many organizations are becoming multinational global alliances with advanced telecommunications and data processing and a diverse multicultural mobile workforce. This growing international business concern and the cultural synergy they create present exciting yet generating challenges to study and understand. However, as the world becomes more independent, it is difficult to find an industry or segment of a country's economy that is insulted from the decisions of global managers and global organizations. Now, asking your question of the emerging global landscapes, well, scholars looking at the emerging global landscape suggest that the driving forces are the current shifts in society, technology, economics, politics, and the environment. 
These shifts have seriously affected the U.S. dominance of business, as evidenced by the declining survival rate of many successful companies and the loss of market share in many industries. The impact of these trends is significant in both domestic and global scenario, as large corporations and small businesses go international. The end result is that many cultures around the world are experiencing significant change. For example, Europe has experienced economic reform with the introduction of the area, and in Japan, the promise of lifetime employment with companies has been abandoned and traditional conscious building techniques to preserve social harmony are being rendered obsolete in the era of rapid change. I agree. The global landscape in business is fastly changing and companies are trying to adapt to it. Businesses are creating new corporate cultures shaped not only by technologies and markets, but also by the cultural preferences of their leaders and the interaction of their employees as they respond to change. We are in times where companies must incorporate different purposes, different people and different cultures within their organization and they also need to develop an ecological model in which they can innovate and aggregate to maintain competitiveness at a multinational level and prevail in the market. Yeah, exactly. The business world constantly changes and as it keeps doing it, companies should start to be designed for change instead of responding to it. So is there anything companies can adapt with their organization to be more adapted to these changes and help them to expand into the new global market? Yes, actually there are five factors that can be implemented inside a company to accomplish that. First, we have cultural variability, which refers to the conditions of stability within the organization. In order to manage rapid change within an organization, companies can open and improve their communication channels and decentralize decision-making with local experts to provide responses. Now that we know that communication is a key to a successful organization, what are the other factors that can help expand an organization into a new global market, Emilio? The second one is cultural complexity, which relates to high and low context cultures and concerns itself with the need to match the degree of context with the appropriate communication content, style and quantity. Another of the factors is cultural hostility, and it is the degree to which local conditions appear threatening to employees and organizational values. It helps to reflect the perception of the local or host culture toward the multinational corporation itself. When there is a high level of hostility in the workplace, it is difficult to establish trust and build relationships. So the better culture and organizations are connected, the more healthy the environment, which leads to a functional company. Since diversity within companies is increasing, there must be a connection of cultures. Make them feel comfortable with their beliefs. I really like this third point of view that you mentioned. It is an important factor companies should focus more on. And well, now I will mention cultural heterogeneity, which is a degree to which the organizational culture is similar to or different from the local or nation culture. When cultures are very diverse, it is difficult to coordinate the behavior of local subsidiaries and employees. The greater the similarities, the easier it is to follow mission and vision of a company, which leads to success and, clear, and to have clear objectives. And last but not least, we have cultural interdependence that refers to the economic dependence the organization has with other interacting cultures to obtain resources such as raw materials, equipment, technological support, etc. When an organization is independent, there are less need for strategic alliances and house culture support. 
Wow, there is no doubt that these implementations can help you create a culture with diversity and development opportunities due to the communication improvement the stability between departments within the organization. Exactly. I think that these mentioned factors can help companies obtain a bigger vision regarding their organizational and international objectives. But it would be great if Ricardo can explain us a little bit more about globalism. Okay, so when it comes to globalism and cultural synergy, it is important to consider that several perspectives drive current research on the impact of globalization and cultural variability on multicultural organizations. So the question relies upon, should organizations adapt to external cultural conditions or should their structural process and interpretive distinctions be retained despite cultural pressures? In this case, David Stoll states that environmental and technological pressures on contemporary organizations to become more and more similar clash with the proprietary pool of cultural identifications, traditional values, and conventional practices of social life. On the other hand, Peyton Barber will refer to this clash as the political forces of jihad versus Mac world which refer to those who assume a perspective of cultural convergence will encourage organizations to mutually accommodate to the external environment. However, a third alternative perspective also exists that shifts the focus from a specific demographic or geographic culture to understanding how multinational organizations can jointly with the host country develop a third culture. For example, General Electric is rooted in a North American culture and Siemens is rooted in a German culture. But, well, both are seeking an international mix as they go global, although they are strongly influenced by their respective geographic and political worldviews as they become increasingly international, they combine their workforces to produce their products or services and jointly blend their respective views. So, the ultimate success for these organizations is when they can transform themselves and essentially metamorphose into a third culture in which they mutually share decision-making and capitalize on the synergistic output. Thank you very much for this valuable information. And now I would like to know about the irreconfigurable organization and globalism. What, what can you say about that? Okay, well, when it comes to reconfigurable organization and globalism, it is also really important to consider that successful global organizations need to assess their own distinctive corporate postures and strategically locate themselves along the power continuum of centralization and decentralization. For example, Peter Schwartz states that just as power is universally less centralized, so are information and culture meaning that what is clear is that over-centralizing or over-decentralizing can lead to failure. Therefore, each multinational organization um, must, locate, must locate itself on this influence scale on the basis of how best to meet its own unique global strategic vision. So, well, let's continue. There's no doubt that virtual communication makes it easy to stay in touch and share information with outside vendors who are often thousands of miles away because communication increases employee efficiency and productivity, right? Therefore, I will go over the importance of global organizations, teams, and the nature of virtual communication. 
Global organizations operate in the midst of language and cultural diversity and consequently must overcome certain obstacles when using virtual communication. There are three distinct ways that computer-mediated communication can go seriously wrong. First, messages may encounter transmission problems, um, not allowing information from reaching its destination. And second, errors can occur when messages are transmitted so their original meaning is not conveyed as intended. And finally, messages may be accurately sent and received, but a shared understanding of the situation does not exist between them. Moreover, um, there's three primary challenges to working in a virtual global environment. One is motivation, and two, we have creating a safe environment. And finally, three, we have managing the process of communication. Now, motivation requires that all members have a compelling reason that and clear understanding of why they need to communicate with others and the benefits of collaboration regarding business outcomes. In summary, the emerging global landscape is in flux and many multinational organizations are struggling with creating inclusive worldwide mission statements and visions that foster cultural alignment. As they seek solutions to the complicated issues globalism presents, many organizations are reconfiguring themselves. New and more elastic corporate cultural models are being adapted to address the critical cultural factors influencing today's international business environment. Increasingly, these models hope to capitalize on cultural synergy and the diversity within the workplace. Cultural synergy through collaboration emphasizes similarities and common concerns in integrate difference and enrich human activities and organizational systems. It requires looking at the challenges and opportunities together, accessing whether information is needed together, and finally taking bold and imaginative action together. Constantly changing market concerns, sociopolitical issues, and technology urgently require us resilient, resourceful workplace that can take advantage of cultural synergy. We cannot ignore these challenges and the new order of doing business if we hope to remain globally competitive. Cosmopolitan leaders need to accept the changes and embrace the global, the global opportunities presented. Now that we know everything about this, we can acknowledge the global challenge of creating unified ambitions as we continue to move your business mindset away from the mantra of thinking globally and act locally, to think both locally and globally and respond as appropriate. Thank you very much for being here today. We hope you learn a lot and see you soon, guys. Thank you, classmates, and thank you, everyone, who joined us today. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. It was nice to talk about this relevant topic in business world with you guys. So see you next time. Think about which has been your favorite topic so far. Which episode has been the one that you've liked the most or found more interesting? What are you looking forward to, to in our next episode? Stay tuned for our next and last episode to hear more about it as we're wrapping it up next week.